Welcome to the Sport Manitoba podcast, hosted by Nolan Cole. Welcome to episode seven of the Sport Manitoba podcast. My name is Nolan Cole. I'm the digital media specialist at Sport Manitoba. We're podcasting from our Sport Manitoba building at 145 Pacific Avenue in downtown Winnipeg. At Sport Manitoba, we focus on supporting and planning sport programs to promote the development of vibrant citizens, athletes, and communities in Manitoba. We're also the main funding agency for amateur sport in the province with over 65 provincial sport organizations in our building. We're also home to a fitness center, a performance center for high-level athletes, and a sport medicine clinic. As mentioned, this is our seventh episode already. If you missed any of our previous six episodes, each one is available on our website, sportmanitoba.ca slash podcast, or on pretty much any podcast app on your phone, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Well, racquetball is one of the provincial sports that's here in our building. And when you think of racquetball in Manitoba, one name seems to stand out among the rest, and that's Jennifer Saunders. Jennifer will be our guest on this episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast. But before we get to that, here's a quick look at some of our upcoming events. The Sport Manitoba Performance Center offers strength and conditioning, testing and physiology, training plan development, performance nutrition, sports psychology, and sport medicine for our athletes. Sign up for your own program or get your whole team in on training and development with our sport performance specialists. Contact performance at sportmanitoba.ca. Sport Manitoba collaborates with Active Aging in Manitoba to showcase opportunities for older Manitobans at the Canada Games Sport for Life Centre. We are jointly hosting the second annual Active Aging in Manitoba Expo towards Sport for Life on Tuesday, October 1st, 2019. Visit sportmanitoba.ca for more information. Do you want to work in sport? Sport Manitoba's jobs page has the most up-to-date postings available to Manitobans. Everything from administration to coaching, check it out at sportmanitoba.ca. 11 Canadian women's singles titles, 13 Canadian women's doubles championships, 11 world championship medals. There isn't a lot that Jennifer Saunders hasn't done in her distinguished racquetball career, yet the now 42-year-old continues to play at the highest level. And on top of all the competition, she also serves as the executive director of Racquetball Manitoba. Here's my conversation with Jennifer Saunders. So Jen, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I want to talk first about your singles and doubles win earlier this oh, year yeah. in Langley, BC. So another singles and doubles win for you. Extra special winning both in the same year? Um, the first time I did it, that felt like a, a major accomplishment. And now that is an absolute goal. You want to win them both in the same uh, year. The interesting part for um, the way our nationals is formatted is we play doubles first. So I was able to capture that title with my partner, Daniel Drury, on the Tuesday of um, our week of nationals. And then we transition to singles, and I won the singles on the Saturday. So it's kind of, I always say, like, you win the icing, and then you have to go win your cake. So um, um, it's exciting to win both in the same week, though. You've obviously won a ton over, over the years, right? Does it ever get old? Um, it changes. I feel like um, the older you get, it's not as overwhelmingly exciting, but you appreciate it more because you never know when it's going to be your last one. Unfortunately, in some ways, it turns into a relief that you want it because you don't want to ever uh, relinquish the title. But as I get older, I feel like I'm appreciating it more and more. For sure, yeah. Singles versus doubles, big adjustment for you, different game, and which do you prefer? 
Um, I like them both. It's not a huge adjustment because it's still just racquetball. Racquetball is a pretty simple sport. However, in doubles, your shot selection does change. And um, winning the finals this year was very much about shot selection for our team. Um, we were um, we were very successful in hitting the ball around the team uh, instead of trying just to hit kill shots and hit the ball low. We hit really good angles and we hit the ball around people in doubles a lot more. And then in singles, it's more about just finding the open space on the court and being aggressive and, and going for uh, low shots, kill shots, et cetera. Do you have a preference or not really? I mean, I think I like singles better yeah. because um, you, I, pr- I appreciate this p- part of racquetball where it's an individual sport. So if I don't have to rely on anybody else, that's great. But doubles is fun because you, you know, you have somebody else to rely on and you, um, when you win, it's a little bit more exciting to celebrate with someone. But at the same time, you can't always, you know, rely on your partner. So that's, that's a stress Yeah. Where, from my point of view. Yeah. Now, and just on that note, the kind of the mental aspect of playing an individual sport, right. is that something you've, you've really had to focus on and try to improve throughout your career? Well, I think the reason I ended up staying with racquetball is because it was an individual sport and I was having trouble with team sports. I was, um, grew up in Thompson in a smaller town and there wasn't uh, a lot of women's teams or, or girls teams to play on. So I was playing sports with the boys and, um, as I got older, that was becoming more difficult. So I think I liked racquetball because I could do it on my own terms. Um, over the years, it, it, it is difficult because all the pressure is on you. You don't get to share that pressure. But that's also one of the rewarding parts is that when you accomplish something, you did it. You, you did it yourself. You mentioned like other sports. What other sports did you play growing up? Were there a lot of other individual sports that you played that, that helped you as well? I didn't play a lot of individual sports as a kid. Um, my first love was hockey, just like any other Canadian kid. And that's what I wanted to do. But like I said, as I was getting older and playing with the boys, it was becoming more complicated. And I played, you know, every school sport. I played the cross and baseball again with the boys. So um, when I was introduced to racquetball, it was co-ed. It was um, on my own terms. And um, I think that's why I really liked it. Did you play other racket sports as well? Like I think of badminton, tennis, yeah. squash. Are there parallels, carryovers that you could use? So I played a bit of badminton in school, but in Thompson we had outdoor tennis courts, but obviously underutilized due to the seasons, and we only had racquetball courts. So that was just what I was introduced to. And it's all indoors? Yeah. Well, there is outdoor racquetball, although not really played in Canada. Okay. Have you (laughs) played it? I went to uh, the World Outdoor Racquetball Championships once for the experience. It's in Huntington Beach, California. To watch or compete? No, I played, yeah. You competed in in California? Okay. Yeah, it was a pretty cool event. Um, It's it's, uh, in a beach town, and it's a little more like tennis where you can't let the ball get past you because there's no back wall, but um, it is the game of racquetball where you're both on the same side hitting the ball into a wall. Okay. I know you've you've been around the world. We'll talk a little bit about that later with all the countries you visited in your in your career. But you mentioned Thompson. What was it like growing up in a, a smaller town? Like was sports really king? Yeah, I loved growing up in Thompson. Um, I I think it was a great place for me to grow up. Uh, there was it was it's a very sports minded community, and they really supported their uh, youth sports, whether it was hockey or 
the school teams, and then even when our racquetball program became successful, we um, got a lot of support from the community. So, I mean, and then um, the community itself, uh, my mom was a teacher and my dad was a minor, so it provided for my family and it was a great place to grow up. Now, when you think of racquetball, it certainly doesn't have the same profile that other sports in Canada have. I think right. of hockey, curling, even football, and Winnipeg's big with the Bombers. But I want to say flying under the radar a little bit, but a, a lower profile sport, do, do you feel that enabled you to perform really well when you always weren't in the spot? Like, obviously, when people think of racquetball, they think of you a lot of cases in Manitoba, right? But did, did that help you at all, or would you have liked a little more profile along the way? I mean, that's something that you don't ever think about. Yeah because you're just trying to be your best and you can't control who's paying attention or if they're going to write a newspaper article about you or not. So for me, that I never even thought about it. I just was trying to be the best player I could be. But every now and then you think about it like, what if racquetball had been an Olympic sport? Or what if there was more prize money? Like, where would, where would my life be? But, I mean, you can't get caught up in that. Like, it is what it is, and I've done the best I can with racquetball. Yeah. Are there certain things about the sport that, that drew you to it, like in terms of the game itself? Uh, yeah, definitely. I love that it's fast and aggressive. Like racquetball is, I sometimes refer to it as the extreme racket sport because the ball's like crazy bouncy and we're hitting it as hard as we can and there's diving and your the serves can be very aggressive. So, and uh, you're basically sprinting out there. Like there's not a lot of long rallies. So I really enjoy the aggressiveness of it. It's pretty hard floor to be diving on with with not uh, a lot of equipment, right? Yeah, but, it's same as a volleyball player. Yeah. It looks pretty similar, um, except you gotta get your racket on the ball instead of a hand or arm under the ball. For sure, yeah. I'm gonna ask one more question, then we'll take a, a short break here. But I, just combing over your resume over the last couple of days, it seems the only thing missing is a gold medal at the Correct. Worlds. Is is yeah. that something you're still chasing, or if you were to retire tomorrow, would you be okay with that? I think. If I were to be completely honest, that the window has closed for me to win uh, gold at an international event. Why do you say that? Um, my age, the level of the young up-and-coming players, they've taken racquetball to another level. So I'm not sure that I would be capable of winning a gold medal. The only uh, way that might be possible would be in doubles. Uh, doubles, first of all, is a crazier game in that um, almost it, like if you have a good team, you can beat any team, right? Like it's not the same as singles where really the more skilled player usually wins. Doubles is strategy. Doubles is uh, momentum. So I have a really good partner, um, a younger partner uh, from Montreal that I play with often at international events. And I think if we got on a roll, we'd be capable of winning an international gold. But at the same time, everything has to mesh and come together for that to happen. Is, I mean, you're 42 now. What, what's the average age of some of these competitions? Like you just mentioned, yeah. it's a lot longer. Were you the oldest? Are there older players as well? There's, can you, obviously, you've proven that you can play into your 40s at a high level, right? Yeah, there's a few older players um, still playing, but I'm definitely one of the oldest at this point, especially in the women's game. Uh, also in the men's game, I would say. But, uh, yeah, and the average, definitely the top players are under 30 or right around the age of 30, so it's difficult to keep up with them. Um, but I also kind of started my national team career a little later than most. So I think that's one of the reasons I've been able to stay motivated and want to keep playing. Safe to say though, that the gold, the absence of a gold medal, it's not no, going yeah. to keep you up at night once you, once you retire. 
Uh, no, I know that I did the best that I could. I'm sure I'll have a few regrets at the end of my career, but um, I'm going to have to be happy with the efforts I put in and how far I actually went from a Thompson girl who could barely make the provincial team to what I've accomplished now. Absolutely. Jen Saunders is our guest on the Sport Manitoba podcast. We'll be back with more racquetball talk after a quick break. Team Manitoba's mission staff is a dedicated group of sport volunteers that support our teams in the lead up to and during games time. They work behind the scenes to make sure our teams can perform at their best with no distractions. Thank you to all the volunteers supporting Team Toba at the upcoming 2019 Western Canada Summer Games in Swift Current. Kids from higher income families are 25% more likely to participate in organized sports compared to those from lower income families. Help us ensure that all kids in Manitoba can play this year by donating to Kids Sport Manitoba. Visit sportmanitoba.ca to contribute today. Put the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame on your must-see list. With decade galleries dating through the early 1800s, videos to watch, drawers of memorabilia to explore, and so many incredible stories, it's every sports fan's dream. Visit us Tuesday to Saturday at 145 Pacific Avenue. Back with Jen Saunders on the Sport Manitoba podcast. Jen, let's talk a little bit about the growth of the sport now. Sure. Let's start with just Manitoba and Canada. Where is it at? What are some of those challenges that you face? Um, racquetball is a steady sport right now in Canada. We're maintaining our membership levels. We do have a small venue problem where um, some of the venues are getting older, some of them are closing. Um, it's, you know, racquetball, a racquetball court is such a huge space, it's hard to sometimes convince fitness centers, recreation centers to keep it as a racquetball court. They want to take that space and use it for cardio or yeah. classes. So that's always a struggle, but uh, we continue to try and grow the game. We think it's a great sport. It's a easy to learn. Um, as a junior, the racket's light, the ball is bouncy and easy to hit, and it's also a lifetime sport where you can play um, your whole life into your uh, old age. As you progressed in your career, was that something you were more conscious of, like saying to yourself, you know, I want to, I've had a lot of success, I want to make this a lot more popular in Manitoba, or I want to maybe inspire others to take up the sport? Um, I've definitely um, put some effort into uh, being a mentor for our junior program, um, trying to show the kids that you can accomplish what you want, uh, not what you want, but what you strive for if you put your mind to it and work for it. Uh, I like to try and show them that it doesn't matter where you come from. You know, as long as you work hard and believe in yourself, you can take this sport a long way and, and get a lot of great experiences out of it. Nationally, would you say that the same challenges exist in terms of lack of facilities? Very much the same. I mean, the courts we just played on in Langley, I heard, are now closing. It was an older facility, um, and then it would take a lot of money to keep the facility open to do the upgrades. However, we have the Pan Am Games courts from 2015 Toronto that we're working on putting up at a, in a permanent location. So there's good and bad all the time that's coming through our sport. Just like, you know, there's a lot of sports struggling to stay relevant right now, I believe. You talk a little bit, well, we talk in this building a lot about like multi-sport athletes, yes. right? Is, is racquetball a sport that can kind of fit into that conversation or is it really something that you need to kind of dedicate no. your time to? So Racquetball Manitoba, who, I'm the executive director yep. for Racquetball Manitoba. I completely believe in the long-term athlete development mold. And so we encourage our kids to uh, play multiple sports, especially at a young age. Um, what we would like to see is 
um, hockey players, um, team sports, I really think that they could benefit from um, playing something like racquetball because we talked about the skills it takes to play an individual sport. And I think that kids that are, if you're the best player on your hockey team, that's great for you, but maybe you're not getting pushed and you can come to play racquetball and push yourself to be better. If you're not the best player on your hockey team and you maybe don't get as much playing time, don't get as many opportunities, if you come play racquetball, you get to hit every shot and you get that pressure put on you and you get to experience that and maybe take that back to your team sport where you're more comfortable being in the spotlight. Interesting, yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about your international career as well. You've been across the world yes. at multiple world championships, Colombia, Dominican Republic, South Korea, Puerto Rico, to name a few. What was your experience like there and, and kind of the level of engagement uh, with the sport in, in some of those countries? So we talked about racquetball in Canada, yeah. but what people may not know is racquetball is growing like crazy in Central and South America. Mexico um, is has so many facilities and so many players, and actually Bolivia is one of the other hotspots. When I first started playing international events, the gold medal matches were generally between Canada and the United States. Mexico was a distant third. And now um, the gold medals generally come from Mexico, and there's players from most Central and South American countries that are capable of winning medals, which was unheard of 20 years ago. So the game is growing globally. The game is very popular in Central and South America. And then there's also um, a niche of players in Japan and Korea. How do you explain that? Like, have you had conversations with some of these people overseas? And uh, yeah, the Cre I think, like, the easy way to explain it is venues. They're building giant yeah. venues with 8, 10, 12 racquetball courts, and they're, fa they're family venues. So there's more things to, you know, they're giant. They're not community centers. They're probably private facilities. But, um, so the family goes there, right? The kids play racquetball. The mom works out. The, there's probably a pool and a gym. Okay. And so that is what I see down there. And I'm not sure why Bolivia has really taken a racquetball, but they're building facilities at um, like full glass court, uh, court glass wall courts, yeah. and uh, played in some of them. It's it's quite an amazing thing to see. And so it's not just racquetball. Like some of these facilities have multiple sports yeah, inside most, them, right? Yeah, most of them are multi-sport. Yeah. How fun was it going to some of these countries in your career? Was that I imagine those might be some of the best moments of the world? Yeah. The the reason that I really wanted to play and the reason that I continue to play is because I wanted to play on the national team. Yeah. I wanted to play for Canada. So the opportunity to travel the world um, has been amazing. Um, I even played in, so I've played in Ireland as well. So I've been to Europe, Asia, Central and South America to play racquetball. Um, and yeah, it's been crazy. Favorite country you visited? Probably Ireland. Um, okay. Asia was very interesting, but also very difficult because you don't understand a language barrier until you get there. Like I can, I speak French and I can mumble along in Spanish, understand a few words, but when you get to Asia, the language barrier, it's not even the same alphabet, right? Like they, you can't read a street sign, you can't read a menu. So that's, but it was a great experience just to go through that and figure things out. For sure. I think I also read that you, you played a little bit on the professional tour, right? right. So there is a professional tour yep. worldwide for racquetball. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, the pro game mm -hmm. versus maybe just the amateur side of things and how 
viable is it? Like, is there just professional players in the world that can make it work financially? Um, there are very few players who can um, make a living just from playing professional racquetball. However, they can. Yeah. There's a men's pro tour and a women's pro tour um, that are mostly in the United States and Mexico with a few every now and then Colombia, Bolivia, those types of countries. I dedicated myself to playing that full time for four or five years um, because I just want to see how good I could be. And I also wanted to supplement how good I could be on the national and international stage by having pro tour experience. So that's when my game was at its best. And... Um, the difference, it is different because, um, so when you play internationally, there's only so many people that can represent each country, right? Two singles players and a doubles team. That's it. Okay. When you go to the pro tour, so Mexico probably has at the moment, eight or 10 female players that could play on their national team. Um, so when you go to a pro tour, you might, you can run into any one of those and the match format is different. We play best of three, best of five to eleven points, so it's actually it's difficult to win a best of five match to eleven points, whereas international is best of two to fifteen tiebreaker to eleven. I find that the best of three format allows for upsets a little more, whereas the best of five format you you really have to be playing like well for a long period of time. How many total players are on the pro tour right now? Do you know? I would say there's about 20 players that go to every tournament. Okay. However, there's about 60 female players that have ranking points, like that have played in a pro event that that have, you know, the ranking points to show that they played a pro tour event. Right. Okay, we've touched on this a little bit already, but is there anything you'd, you'd like to see with the sport in the future? You talked about more facilities. Any other things that you, you'd like to see, a direction you'd like it to go? I think Racquetball Canada is heading in the right direction. I think they're working hard to support um, their provincial associations to continually recruit players, but we're also trying to, in Manitoba, really format our provincial team program really well so that it's an attractive team to play on as far as court time, off-court training, um, traveling to tournaments. I think that attracts players, kid, young players, when they get different opportunities. So I think Racquetball Manitoba wants to keep working on that. And then I had mentioned these uh, Pan Am Games courts from the 2015 Pan Am Games in Toronto. Racquetball Canada owns these courts, and one's a four-wall glass court. So I'd like to see us establish that facility and start using it for uh, national team training, for big events, um, national events, maybe even another international event. I think when you host large events and get media coverage and a community involved that that really helps grow sport as well you obviously got to the highest level of your sport what advice would you have for other athletes who who want to achieve that same level of success whether it's racquetball or something else yeah that's actually well depends on you know everybody's different but for me it was the two things that made me stand out or made me become better was perseverance and determination. First of all, when I was a teenager, I was told I was never going to be any good. So I didn't listen to anybody. It's not, and, and it wasn't like that never got me down or uh, that never gave me pot. Like, you know, it does affect you, but I kept going. And then 
um, you know, you don't, it doesn't always come easy. So I just kept persevering and was very determined to accomplish what I said I could and what I knew I could. And then I also was fortunate to surround myself with good people. I had a good coach here in Winnipeg who opened the doors to things like the Canadian Sports Centre Manitoba, where I met personal trainers. Jeff Wood was my first personal trainer, actually. And then that opened the doors to other um, opportunities. And I just kept getting better and better and taking the next step because I persevered and because I was determined. It amazes me how many athletes say something like that, like they, they were told they would never amount to much at a young age. Like it, it, It's crazy to me, but do you feel like that is a motivating factor oh, for a lot of people? It's been the motivating factor for my entire career is to prove people wrong. I always say it. I love when somebody tells me I can't do something because then I basically say, okay, just give me give me a second. I'll show you that I can. And I do that, you know, that's now translated from playing racquetball to, you know, maybe my job where I say, you know what, we're going to host the Nationals and we're going to do this, this, and this. People go, well, you can't do that. And I'm like, yes, we can, <laughs> right? So yeah. things translate from um, dedicating yourself to a sport. They translate to other areas of life as well. Sure. Would you like to host a big event in Winnipeg? So we hosted yeah. the Nationals in 2018. It went really well. Um, I'd like to try again. Um, Rackwell Canada is looking at combining senior and junior Nationals. So I'd like to take a shot at that, and because I think we can get more players than we got than we uh, achieved last time, and I'd like to learn from my mistakes and try again. I'd really love to bring an international event here, but unfortunately, I don't think our venues allow for enough viewing space. But maybe when Rackwell Canada sets up our uh, a new facility, I can maybe do that satellite to the Pan Am Games courts. And then, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I'll just say that running events is uh, my favorite part of my job, and I really enjoy that and trying to uh, balance a great event, which is putting on the event for athletes, but also having the secondary part, which, um, you know, the social aspect, the viewing, the, the party that makes it a complete event. Okay, how much longer could you see yourself playing? Right. So uh, I feel like... I'm still learning. I feel like I'm still getting better, but it does take a lot more work now. Really have to be dedicated to everything I'm doing, which can be mentally draining. I always say that I'm committing myself year by year now. So I'm playing the Pan Am Games this summer um, and uh, committed to one more year of trying to qualify for the national team, which will go to the world's next summer. So I have uh, at least one more full year in me, um, but we'll see. And I've heard other athletes say that in the later stages of their career, that if they're still learning and they still feel like they're getting better, they're yeah. going to keep playing. Are those two of the, the bigger factors mentally to, to make sure you still are doing those things? Yeah, I would say that um, when you feel stagnant or you feel like you're not relevant anymore, that, that can be very tough because I've certainly been in stages of that over the last little bit but I've been able to pull myself out of it and April we went to the Pan American Championships and I won a bronze medal in doubles with my partner Danielle and that really gave me a boost because it felt good to be in the mix again and to feel relevant and so um, yeah and then I felt like I learned from that and I'm still progressing. 
Have you talked to other athletes who are at the same stage or, or went through the same stage later in their career about what it's like to to play later and later in your career and kind of when they knew it was time to, to retire? Have you talked to anyone about those things or not really? I haven't really talked to anyone about how they knew it was time to retire. I was fortunate enough to have a teammate, uh, Mike Green, the winningest Canadian male player, who played, um, just retired, he played in, into his 40s. So I really learned from him and um, his dedication to his craft and how he carried himself. Um, I've spoken with Jill Officer a little bit about uh, her journey. Um, so she's definitely somebody I can learn from. But I think everybody's different. Like you just, I think I'll know when I know, you know. you know. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, so you're obviously heavily involved with Racquetball Manitoba here in Winnipeg. Um, what else could you see yourself doing in the in the near future once you do decide to stop playing at a competitive level? Is that coaching or what does that look like for you? Um, the Racquetball Canada High Performance Program is growing and I'd like to become more involved with that from an administrative point of view, um, whether it's sitting on the committee or uh, looking to be part of Rackable Canada's staff in growing that and making it better. So that's something I have my eye on. I could also see myself potentially working with uh, Canadian Sports Centre Manitoba um, with their athletes. I think I have a lot of experience that I could share with them and mentor-wise and try to help our homegrown athletes get better. Now, Racquetball Canada doesn't have a head office, right? In fact, most of the work happens out of Winnipeg, does it not? That's correct. Yeah, yeah our executive director is out of Winnipeg. Um, and so, yeah, I think it'd be a great opportunity if I could get more involved with them. If, if somebody wants more information about the sport here in, in Winnipeg, they can contact you? Correct. Racquetball at sportmanitoba.ca. R-A-C-Q-U-E-T-B-A-L-L, in case you're wondering. And... Uh, we're looking to launch a new website this fall, actually. So racquetball, racquetball dot, That's Yes, that's the one. You're on Twitter as well, I believe. Uh, so. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Awesome. Well, Jen, congrats on an outstanding career. I know it's still going, and, and thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you. Thanks again to Jennifer Saunders for coming on to talk about her very successful racquetball career. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, sportmanitoba.ca slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media, at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you know of somebody who you think would make for a good guest on our podcast, including an athlete coach or somebody else involved in sport, you can email me at podcast at sportmanitoba.ca. Thanks for listening. I'm Nolan Cole. We'll talk to you next time on the Sport Manitoba podcast.